Here they come! Welcome to episode 34 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Chris Irons to discuss the future war scenes from The Terminator. Excuse me, Miss Salome, can I talk to you for a minute? Hello, Chris. Hello, Eric. Good, yeah, good morning. Um, right, good. T- Terminator. Yes. yes. No, afternoon. Oh, yeah. Afternoon. Yeah, you're right. Afternoon for you. Morning here. You're absolutely there right. You go. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. With that out of the way. Okay. Right. Terminator then. Uh, the Terminator. Finally, we get round to uh, to the Terminator. Uh, first question for you, Chris. I, I know you're a, a wee thing compared to me. I guess you were too young to see it in the cinema, this first one. I don't remember. I was. It came out in 84, I think. Yeah, in the states um, it did. Yeah, I was, I was eleven. I, I, I could have. I, I might have. Like my, my parents really didn't hold back to taking me out to seeing all kind of movies. They took me to go see Jaws when I was two, two, two and a half. Right at the beach on vacation. So that that still scarred me for life. But yeah, I, I think I did. If not, I caught it on cable. I was a huge Arnold fan. So this was like you know, this is one of my one of my favorites of his. Right. See, right there, what you say there, again, there, there's this divide between us in that over here in England, particularly, you know, in in, uh, in the 80s, uh, film classification, you know, uh, nobody was allowed to take anybody that was under under a certain age. You know, this Terminator uh, was oh. an, um, an 18. OK, um, when it came out, yeah. it's just, actually, it's just been reclassified. It's been reclassified and downgraded to a 15. But over here, um, no, I mean, we've got this thing now called a 12A where anybody under the age of 12, you can you can take a, um, uh, a person under the age of 12 as long as you're a, a parent or guardian. But yes, no, no, okay. no. But if a, fift- a 15 is 15 and over and 18 is 18 and over, it should still be the same now. I mean, lots of cinemas, they don't care too much. But back then, right. definitely. Yeah, yeah. This was an 18. No, nobody under the age of 18 was getting in to see this, you know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I guess you saw it for the first time on telly then. I think I did. I think I caught on some kind of, of, of cable channel, cable network channel. Yeah. HBO or, or prism or showtime. One of those back then. Right. See, I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm older than you and I showed it, um, in, in the cinema and it came out, I think it was the first week of January of 1985 over here. And, okay. and I always remember this because the cinema I was in, it was a three screen cinema. We had two big auditoriums, big, they, they only held like 250 seats each. They were our two big auditoriums. And then we had like a little 90 seat auditorium. And this was in screen two, which is one of the big screens. But in the other screen uh, was Ghostbusters. 
Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters came out, you know, like the beginning of December of 1984, and Terminator came out first week of uh, 1985. And I remember, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, they were going, oh, we're going to go back and see Ghostbusters again, because, you know, it was massive. You know, Ghostbusters yeah. was huge. And it was the big hit of, of Christmas of 84. And all my friends were going back to see, and it's like, no, 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 no. Don't go and see Ghostbusters again. Go <laughs> and see this other film. And it's like, what's this Terminator? What's it all about? And, you know, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger had barely been in anything at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he wasn't exactly big box office, you know, and the films he had been in were, you know, not exactly, uh, you know, critically applauded, were they? So um, everyone's <laughs> like, no, no, I want to see Ghostbusters. And it's, it's no, come on, this is a fantastic film. And they wouldn't listen to me. I always remember that. They, they would rather watch Ghostbusters again rather than seeing The Terminator. The nerve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. I, 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 I watched it as much as I could. I mean, you know, back then in the um, the early to mid 80s, you had tons and tons of um, low budget science fiction films. You know, they were released without much fanfare. They came and went very, very quickly. Um, you know, like, like this, like like Mad Max, Mad Max 2, you know, The Road Warrior, Escape from New York, all these films. They um, they just came and went. But they, they 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 were gritty and they were dark and serious and they weren't like a, a, a Star Wars or a Star Trek film. And uh, I love them deeply. When did you when did you really start working at a movie theater? Like, how old were you? Um, I was, like, I guess I should say, I should say what years, what year did you start working? I it was 1981, November, 1981. Okay. So I, that, that's perfect. I, I know I, like I, that, that, that lifestyle that, that you worked during the eighties when all the movies were coming out that are now considered classics today. Like that, that's just awesome. Somebody, somebody pointed this out that, you know, I started, you know, when it was really like a golden age of, you know, science fiction, fantasy horror films. You know, I started in 81. So only the year before you had had, you know, Raiders come out uh, and Empire Strikes Back. But then when I started in 81, you know, you had all the John Carpenter films started coming out. You had the Mad Maxes, you know, you um, you, you had a ton of, of fantastic um, science fiction and fantasy films, and I was very lucky, you know, because yeah. I can remember, I, 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 yeah, I was nineteen when I started. I was nineteen, and and I started this job, and you had all these films, and it's like I'm being paid to to watch these over and over again, you know, <laughs> brilliant yeah. job. Yeah, and that's and, and that's you know all the classics, and, and you were there when they were premiering, and no one else has seen them yet, and th- and there you were watching it for the first time. That that's just. That's as cool, cool as anything for me. It, it was cool. I mean, you know, towards the middle of the 80s, I think, I, in my opinion, you know, films took a dip for a while. Then they came back up again in the late 80s. But yeah, True. yeah, early 80s, because it wasn't just all these ones, you know, that are now considered classics. We had all these strange, quirky, little independent films, you know, little horror films and and stuff like that that just came and went. And it was the time of double bills as well, where you would have... Oh. Yeah. You would, you loved it. Um, we had like Superman one and Superman two double bill. Oh, you know, and geez, uh, that's 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 a dream. <laughs> it, it was it was fantastic. But uh, so yeah, I mean, you, you know, 1985 Terminator comes along, and uh, here we have this film that I instantly fell in love with. Um, I still rate it my favourite. I think a lot of people would say two is their favourite. And um, it's hard because I I love two a lot, and when the when the conversation comes up about name sequels that are better than the original, I always bring up T2. 
But I don't mean that T1 was so bad. I just enjoyed, I really enjoyed T2 so much. Maybe because he was a a good Terminator, maybe, and he was on like like our side for a change. But part one, two is fantastic. But I, my heart still goes to part two. Two, two is all spectacle, isn't it? You know, it's a big now. Now it is a Star Wars equivalent Terminator film. You know, you've got True. all the money, you've got all the flash, you've got all this huge advancements in technology and stuff like that. I always had a thing, and I still do. I love Michael Bean. And he's a big part why I really love the first Terminator. And I met him in person, and he's he's phenomenal. And Michael Bean for me was one of my '80s like that guy is so cool. Like I want to be him because he was always in like the cool films. He was the like lead action star. And Michael Bean just didn't make he didn't do enough in the '80s and '90s for me to like make more more movies for me to love. You know what I mean? Totally agree with you. Yeah, I thought he was the coolest thing ever. I think this was the first film I ever saw him in. And then when he became Hicks in Aliens, you know, that oh. ratcheted. The, I mean, he, he, he was cool yeah. as Reese. I mean, he, he was just so cool as Reese. But then to follow up with Hicks, you know, he got even cooler. And I, and I was thinking, this guy's going to be great. He's going to be another Harrison Ford. You know, yeah. he's, he, he's got the acting chops. He's very physical. He can do all the stuff that Harrison Ford could do. Um, he's going to be another one. But yeah, then he did like Tombstone, didn't he? Which was a good film. Yeah, Tombstone was great. Um, he's, he was in Navy Seals, I think, with Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. And he was in The Abyss. I thought he was brilliant in The Abyss. You know, in the Abyss, and wasn't he in? Was it was it The Rock? Wasn't he like in the opening of The Rock as one of the oh, lead? I don't, I don't know. The Rock, I, I I watched once and walked away, and I've never seen since. <laughs> but a film I liked him in very much. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's called The Seventh Sign with Demi Moore. I have not. I you, heard of this, but I've never seen it. You this. should track it down, but don't read any reviews about it, um, about what it's all about. It's, huh? it's him, Demi Moore, and Jurgen Procknell. But please don't read anything, because it will spoil it for you. But that is a, a terrific film. Okay. I, I thought he was really good in that as well, especially at the end. Um, and I, I, I was just expecting big things from the guy, and uh, I know it didn't pan out, did it? It didn't. He really was was like like maybe like cast in the background sometimes, and just he never got his his shot. Even the Terminator, I guess, would have on the map. It kind of did. Aliens did it, but he never got like the, like the lead that he he could carry a movie. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. I think he was just overshadowed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you know uh, that's a big shadow, isn't it? So, but uh, it, it is, and. There's a, a video game, I don't know if you were a big video game guy, um, called Metal Gear Solid. Yes, yeah. And Okay. And on the cover, his name was Snake. I, I don't know what his last name was in the game. On the cover of the video game box, the guy looked like Michael Bean to a T. It's funny I you should say I this. I think I really got this game. Yeah. I, I, I saw last night, I can't remember, I think it was on a f- Facebook page. Somebody posted up that cover from Metal Gear Solid and a picture of Kyle Reese from this Terminator where he's got like the the, the bandana or something uh, uh, on his head. And it's like, that's the photo. They've completely cribbed his likeness for Snake (laughs) in in that game. Yeah. 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 And I think that's why I really enjoyed that game because I was telling myself I'm playing as Michael Bean. I'm playing as Kyle Reese, you know, and it was a cool game. I love those games, actually. There you go. You finally get to be him. That's why you liked it. Exactly. (laughs) I tell you what, when we finished off air, I've got a Michael Bean story to tell you. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. I got got a little one, too. 
Okay, cool. All right. The one I, I the one I I've got to tell I can't say on air because it could be libelous. So uh, I, I'll save that for afterwards. Okay. Okay. Behind the all scenes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and have a clip then, shall we? So we're talking about the two future sequences uh, in the first Terminator. And the first one is actually pre-credits, isn't it? Um, and we fade yeah. in on a 2029 caption. Now, I saw that and I was like thinking, that's like, what, 13 yeah. years? I'm like, that's 12 <laughs> years away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, I was like, that, that could be coming up soon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at it and I was thinking, oh, oh, and, and it, it's like, you know, um, you know, in Escape from New York, how they say it's set in 1999. Um, right. And um, Blade Runner is, of course, only two years away. Uh, we should be having flying cars by now and everyone right. should be living on off world colonies. But um, and it's like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. But of course, we we do need it because, you know, the whole point is that Sarah Connor spoilers you know she's pregnant her son grows up to be this uh, resistance fighter so you can't set it too far in f the future if it's set you know the, the the present day one is in 1984 it's got to be set like that hasn't it you know yeah it has to be like i guess and right now it doesn't seem that far away but back in 84 that seems like oh that's never gonna even gonna come yet you know what i mean it seems it's like ages from now you know now We'll come on to this on behind the scenes, but um, this film, the, the, the original Terminator, was in, incredibly low budget. Okay, um, was there, it didn't it didn't look like it was low budget of all the uh, all the props and effects they had. Wow. Okay. No, no, no. And 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 this is a testament, you know, to you know the guys, the creative guys, you know, headed of course by James Cameron, who who you know had an effects background before he became a director. He he worked in special effects. Uh, he was a True. model maker and a map painter and designer, you know, uh, on things like Escape from New York and Battle Beyond the Stars. So he 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 not only was a science fiction fan, but he had experience in working with miniatures and stuff like that. So I think, you know, all those things combined actually come together and, and you watch something which was made very much on the cheap, but looks pretty slick and pretty darn convincing. Wow. OK. Okay, so so yeah, the first sequence, this pre-credit sequence. I mean, basically, there's there's two types of effects. You've got your live-action effects, and then you've got your miniature work. Okay, right, right. Um, so the first thing we ever see, we get these laser shots going across a uh, a nighttime uh, landscape. Um, yes. Now, when that happens, and you see that landscape, as I say, everything is done quite cheaply. The foreground. Uh, the stuff nearest to the camera, that's a miniature set, okay? 
Um, so I could that, tell at times, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I think the fact that it's filmed at night, you know, helps an awful lot. Um, so right. that is that basically that's a, a, a miniature sat right in front of the camera. And behind that, you've got a cinema screen um, using this process called rear projection, which we've talked about on this show before, which is that right. is a cinema screen. And behind that screen, you've got a projector actually um, showing the footage and then you film you know your uh, foreground miniature with action actually up on the screen okay okay so yeah that horizon that you can see and the destroyed buildings that they're not actually there that's actually uh, a projected image on the screen okay I, yeah that it's really noticeable it doesn't take away from the scene but but yeah you know that they're acting in front of a big a big screen yeah 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 and when the flying hunter killer comes in um that of course it, uh, again is it's not on wires that is actually on the cinema screen itself um was that uh, i always wonder w- w- are are people flying those or is that actually like a robot ship flying around well when we come into, um, you know, the later Terminator films, it, it, it's implied or it was in, you know, expanded universe for them that they are piloted by Terminators, which seems a bit okay. daft because, you know, it, if, if, if Skynet yeah. controls everything, it can control a, uh, an aircraft. You don't actually need another computer on board that you control that's controlling that, if you see what I mean. Yes, you, yeah. you said it perfectly. You're right. Yeah. So that's that. We then cut to the uh, the tank tracks crushing the skulls. Which I always I always have this have this question: Are the skulls? Did they find the, all these real skulls, or, or did they just make these skulls and they're not really real skulls? Because there's a lot of skulls. There <laughs> are a lot mean? of skulls, and um, I was saving this for behind the scenes. But here, this bit where where, where the tanks um, going over loads of them, they they are actually the size of marbles. Okay. Oh, you couldn't. I, I seriously, because that doesn't even look like the size of marbles. No, wow. no. Th- there are hundreds and hundreds. They were all cast in molds um, in plaster, and each one was the size of a marble. So, um, wow. That uh, now, if you think that that skull is the size of a marble, that will give you an idea of how big the actual uh, tank is. There. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So I never so, knew that. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll come back to that in behind the scenes, but. Um, um, you have the tank tracks uh, crushing the skulls, as I say. You then see the tank head and it's shining its lights and, and firing at folk. Um, yeah. and, we, and we get people running through the ru- ruins. Again, that, that we'll come to it on behind the scenes, but that's the, uh, the live action set and they're running through these ruins. But directly behind them, you've got an even bigger cinema screen. And again, um, that's rear projection. So everything that's going on behind them is on a flat cinema screen. Uh, do they do they see it happening? They, the actors when they're yes. running is that okay? Yes, um, this this came up on the King Kong episode and on also the RoboCop episode. Is the actors are um, acting to something on screen? So you know it's not like you know now with CGI and everything or you, you know the Star Wars uh, prequels where you've got you and McGregor on a green screen looking at a green thing and having to act. You know these guys. I doubt very much if there was sound, but if they looked up, they would actually see, you know, what they're meant to be reacting to. Wow. Okay. And another Michael Bean film, you know, Aliens, um, um, when the dropship crashes and uh, all all the Marines, they're all running for it. Um, 
they are acting in front of a cinema screen with the dropship crashing, you know? Right. You know what's weird is that I would rather do that than acting act, act with like a tennis ball and a green screen. Yeah, I want to see what I'm what I'm looking at and what's coming at me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They are actors. They got to get in the moment. They got to get into character. They got to believe. I mean, if 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 you're meant to believe what they are acting, they've got to believe it themselves, haven't they? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's them. They're they're scrambling all over the uh, ruins. We get another rear projection shot of the uh, of the tank hunt hunter killer uh, traveling, and uh, we get a foreground miniature again of all the skulls and the rubble in the foreground. Um, and that's basically it. Um, you don't see too much in this first sequence. It's, it's just setting it up because then we get the whole spiel, don't we? We get the whole uh, uh, captions there saying about you know uh, what the state of the world is. So that's that's the first sequence done. Yeah, and and it's and it was cool is that when you watch that, then all of a sudden the theme kicks in and the Terminator words is, is like spreading out. It's like uh, we're in for something good, <laughs> you know. I, I love these opening credits and I love the music. You know, I mean it's yeah, um, yeah you know it's become a classic film score. Um, if you've only seen this film once, you'll recognise it if that ever comes on. In fact, I was listening. I was listening to the um, the podcast you and Dave were doing on your way down to Florida with the film soundtrack. Oh uh, yeah. And that was really yeah, enjoyable yeah. because I, um, yeah, you know, I was playing along as well. I was trying to guess it before you and, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 knew, was, you, I, really, I knew you would get this one straight away. Oh yeah. I was really pulling the spot and I, I actually re listened to that again. And while I was listening to myself, I knew it before the me didn't really know it when I recorded it, I was like, are oh, you idiot? That's so obvious now. You know, I guess I was nerves, I guess, you know, I was yeah, but, overthinking it, you know, yeah, but weren't, weren't you driving the car as well? I was, yes, I was. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's your excuse. <laughs> you were driving a car, Chris. <laughs> I you, was concentrating on the road. <laughs> you were being a considerate driver, you know, that's right. I was trying to, to protect our lives. Right. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. So really your score should have been a lot higher than that. <laughs> that's right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we fast forward um, through Terminator to uh, where we see Carl Reese. Um, he, he's hot wiring a car at the side of a building yeah. site. Um, and um, and we go into a dream sequence where he has a flashback. And um, I love it. I, I, I love the transition where you go from the caterpillar tracks of the digging machines um, to the tracks of the hunter killer tank again, don't we? And the music comes. Yeah, in as well. it was it was really merged like perfectly. Like you you saw where he just conked out, and then there it was. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And we finally see Reese in the future. There he is, and he's like hunkered down with a girl. Um, do you know who that girl is? I have no idea. Yeah, apparently that's um, um, Linda Hamilton's uh, stunt woman uh, standing. Oh, okay. See, they're working on a budget. So, you know, you've got this lady here who's going to be, you know, standing in for Linda Hamilton in scenes. Well, we might as well use her as a uh, resistance fighter as well. Did, is it? I always heard a rumor that she has a twin sister in real life. And and she um, stood in for Linda Hamilton in a lot of scenes. Was this her twin sister or no? No, no, no. This isn't her sister. Okay. This is like a stunt woman. OK, OK. All right. I, guess, I guess they used her as well, because there's an awful lot of like clambering around over all, all, all the rubble just coming up, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I love it. I, I, I love the look of them. I, I love the look of these, um, you, you know, these uh, resistance fighter outfits, how they're all cobbled together out of, you know, bits and pieces. And later on, we see people have got shoulder shoulder pads that are made out of mud guards. Very uh, road warrior like, you know, where everything's you, you being know, what's cannib- cannibalized. That- yeah, because when you're going to get there, when he when they run to the car, the car immediately reminded me of a road warrior vehicle. <laughs> I have this written down. I have Mad Max start. Oh, gets in very Mad Max two car. So you've jumped. You've yeah. jumped the gun there. <laughs> OK. All right. I'm sorry. So, uh, yeah, they, they they do a runner. They have to get off and they, they're scrambling all over the cars. And I mentioned this on when we were talking about the dropship from Aliens on that episode. Um Michael Bean is very nimble, you know. He was very fit yeah. back then, you know. He he yeah. could he could clamber over all these all these things, no problem. He, he he was like it with Hicks with armor on, and here he's not wearing so much armor, but he's he he's equally as nimble. Has to be hard to run around with all that stuff, all that gear on your shoulders and your back, you know. Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, as I say, a low budget film, so this is all all sourced you know locally nothing no, nothing was made you know purposely for it none none of this fact form plastic with internal padding they would have been just going down to you know the flea markets and and picking stuff up and and pop riveting stuff together you know so i don't think yeah. it would have been the most comfortable of stuff absolutely so uh that's scrambling away we've got a, a hunter killer flies over and they take shelter um and then they go to try and blow up one of the big tanks. Um, yes. And, and Reese's got a grenade, which he, he throws. I don't know how they did the effect. I haven't been able to find out. But but to arm it, he sort of like twists the top and it, and it, it lights to up. Yeah. And it lights up. Now, I don't know how they managed that. I mean, you, uh, I, I, it might have been post-production putting that light in. Uh, I've got a feeling James Cameron being James Cameron, that actually worked. When you turn that thing, a little light did come on in it. But... It's a neat little trick that you didn't really need to do, did you? You know, but no, they went ahead and did it. Yeah, it, it's really, it's really cool. Like he just he just turns it and then he comes on and he throws it. He throws it, of course, perfectly right under the um, yeah. ship. <laughs> and I like the way that you know he he throws it. Um, that's a full size grenade. We then cut to it landing in front of the tracks. Of course, that's a miniature tank. That's a miniature grenade. So somebody has crafted, I don't know, maybe an inch two inch long grenade that looks exactly like uh <laughs> the full size one you're right um, you're absolutely right yeah the the girl tries as well she's not so lucky um she's not and that's the only thing that kind of bothers me is that maybe it happens so fast like when she gets shot there's no scream there's no like there's no like nothing it's silence you don't hear anybody like ah like scream you know well, it's done so quick it all goes pop 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 and that's it she's gone you know i guess she, she don't have time to scream I guess. well she <laughs> blows up she effectively blows up doesn't she <laughs> you know? yeah and Pieces, reese has got yeah. that look on his face this oh crap look on his face um, i'm all alone yeah yeah something I, I i stumbled across while looking into uh this sequence is people have speculated of course no no it's nonsense but they think the girl in it this you know stand-in stump woman um is actually pharaoh the lady who plays pharaoh in uh, aliens you know the drop ship pilot she don't look anything like her i don't know why people were thinking this she really does not because the one in alien looks like she's really she's short she's not as yeah they their faces don't even match you're right pharaoh in in aliens looks now to me like lady gaga 
when you see her in the cockpit and um, you know she's got a uh, sunglasses right. on and everything, she looks just like Lady Gaga. She really does, yeah. <laughs> if they do like a a remake or reboot and cast like Lady Gaga as that role, yeah. get her in, yeah, yeah, get her okay. in there, yeah. Okay, well, um, Reese legs it um, as the tank blows up again. Um, he he's he's on a live action set um, pretending that the tank's blowing up. The tank is blowing up directly behind behind him, and as you say, he gets in a very very uh, road warrior car that. And it's so cool. He doesn't use the door. He just jumps through the front window and he sits right down. And, and you're right. And he, yeah, and he really pushes limber. The, yeah. And he pushes the guy aside. It's like, no, nah, I'm driving, you know? But that's a good choice because when the guy you know, grabbed the guns on top of it, you know, that looked really painful holding on <laughs> when yeah. you're driving around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and we, we get a bit of a car chase then as the hunter killer um, is chasing their car and the guy's firing and the, the machine is firing back. Um, so we have a running firefight and the car crashes. That's the only that's the only niggle I've got with it is when that car crashes, that's patently a dummy holding the uh, oh, the top yeah. gun there, you know. And um, so and obvious that like, you can see his his body like bend. It doesn't it even bends. move after he, he lands yeah. upside down. Yeah. And there's a shot almost identical to this in The Road Warrior towards the end where they're trying to um, attack the camp. And uh, one of them goes into yeah. a trench and you've got a guy standing up with a, you know, an upright gun whose dummy bends in exactly the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you have to look if it's, if it's the, the same dummy used for both movies, OK? It could be. could be. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I wonder if he's on the convention circuit. You might be able to get his autograph, you know, <laughs> for both films. I'm going to hold his arm and, and he'll sign my, my poster. I'll move his hand. He'll sign my poster. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off eBay. I'm going to get a dummy and start taking it around conventions and saying, this is the dummy that was the gunner in Road Warrior and, you know, the Terminator, you know. You, you'll make a pretty buck, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, if, if you can get all these fake Star Wars personalities going to, uh, <laughs> you know, signings, I think I can. Right. Right. That's, okay. That's, that's right. Watch out on Facebook as I as I bring this project together and I get rich. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll cut. I'll cut you in, Chris, for giving me the idea. All right. You'll get. You'll get rewarded. Okay. Don't worry. All right. It's a deal. <laughs> okay. Oh, Looking okay. forward to it. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. So that's the that sh- the cars crash. Uh, Reese starts burning, um, and we cut back to the real Reese, and he wakes up and he cocks his uh, shotgun, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's the sequence over. Um, and we're away from the from from the future now. Um, yes. Which is a shame because I really it- really lo- I love these two scenes, but you don't see any more in in this film, do you? No, not at all. Did it bother you at all? I noticed that there was no dialogue during that whole scene, but he didn't need it. There was it. no help. Yeah, and you're right. You didn't say, you know, he didn't say, follow me or this way or watch out. There was no dialogue at all. I guess they needed to be quiet, I guess, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it could be that it could also be, you know, as I say, that they're, they're, they're making it without an awful lot of money. So that saves on things. It's also, um, I don't know if you know, but you know, there's, there's two outer limit stories that, um, um, you know, apparently were um, inspired Terminator and it went to a court case because, you know, the authors of both tales thought it was a ripoff. And one of them called Soldier is about... A, 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 do you know this uh, episode? No. You should... 
I'm sure it's on YouTube. If you type in Outer Limits Soldier, you should watch it because the similarities are incredible. You have a future war um, during a, 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 a ruined city in rubble, just like this, burnt out buildings. And a soldier is sent back in time, you know, and those future war sequences look very, very similar. And they are dialogue free as well. And, you know, if James Cameron was using that, you know, episode as part of the, his inspiration, it could be that he decided to do that as well. We'll have a, a war scene without any dialogue. Wow. Okay. I never. I just wrote that down. Outer Limits Soldier. Okay. Yeah. Outer Limits Soldier. Really, really good episode. Um, but as I say, it, it's a shame we don't see any more uh, future war scenes now until the second one. But then, of course, the second one, you know, um, James Cameron, you, you know, he has power now. He has money. And so the He's future money. war scenes in that, you have Terminators. Because, of course, in these two future war scenes, you don't see any Terminators at all. You know, you're right. You're I actually my my mind was playing tricks on me. I was actually expecting to see a skull and a Terminator step on it. And that's the, the beginning. Of, like, that's the beginning of Terminator 2. Yeah, I was like, maybe that isn't too. I was like, I thought I was yeah. I was expecting to see in this one. But I was like, hmm, maybe it's the wrong movie, you know? No, no. Again, it, it's a budget thing. But also, I think as well, James Cameron doesn't actually want the audience to know what the Terminator looks like until the very, very end. You know, Arnold, he gets bits blown True. off here and there and, and you know that he is a, a, a robot, but you don't get that final reveal until he comes out of uh, the fire when you think he's yeah. uh, being destroyed in that in that truck crash, you know. So right. yeah. come Terminator 2, everybody knows what they look like, so you can have hundreds of them, you know. True. All right. Okay. So, uh, with that all said, we'll go on to behind the scenes. All right. Okay. Now, I don't know how much of this you know, uh, but let's let, let, let's go for it. Um, James Cameron. He had Michael Bean uh, go with him to the firing range um, on, on the run up to shooting to get used to all the uh, different types of guns and just get handy with guns. So they would go to the firing range, and he would be j just let rip with the uh, sawn-off shotgun. I bet you that would be so awesome to see, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He also had uh, Michael Bean train in martial arts as well, although we don't really see that in, uh, at all in, in in the film. But, you know, he's, it, it might have paid off for him being so nimble and that, you know? Yeah, true. Hmm. Um, Michael Bean, he read up on resistance fighters of World War II um, that were, um, you know, fighting off uh, the German invaders in places such as uh, Warsaw, you know, city fighting, you know, going block to block. So he was doing his that's homework cool. there. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. He really read into that. So he can get into like, some kind of character of the resistance. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and it does work. I mean, you know, he's he, he's such a, a, a zoned out character in the film, isn't he? He's just seen so much. And, you know, he's come from such a horribly harsh environment you know he really gets that across yeah yeah he's his it's on his face he always looks like like scared and and just he's 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 seen stuff he's seen yeah. worse than than you ever see yeah yeah he's seen too much hasn't he yeah all right um as i say a very low budget film i've seen um um an amount given for the special effects i can't believe it was as low as this but some people say it was as low as a thousand dollars to do the special effects Total? i can't believe that yeah no, can't i be. can't believe that it, it, even in you know 1980 uh, early 1980 prices no 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 a thousand 
that might get you a second-hand car or something like that to turn into a into a Mad Max Two style car. But no, <laughs> I can't believe that. Not at all. That seems way too low for all the effects. That seems way too low. Yeah. Um, the live-action bombed out LA uh, was filmed at an old Firestone plant, an old Firestone factory, uh, which was half torn down in a place called Southgate in Los Angeles. Okay. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of Southgate. Me neither, yeah. Okay. Uh, for the miniature work, um, the hunter-killer tanks and the hunter-killer planes, uh, they, they were designed by Cameron, uh, but they were built and, built and operated by a guy by the name of Gene Warren Jr. and his crew at Fantasy 2. Okay. Okay. And because of the lack of funds, they had to use every trick in the book to get this across. As I say, they, they were doing forced perspective. They were doing front and rear projection. They used colored gels. They used tons of smoke to disguise things. I mean, it's, that, that, that's an old trick. I mean, you know, um, that goes back donkey, donkey's years to use smoke to disguise, you know, where the, where the back wall is or hide this or that or the other. Right, and, and, it, and uh, it works though. It works even to this day. You just you, you throw in some smoke or fog or a screen, and, and and it hides. You can't look through it. You know, you, you can't see what's behind it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it wasn't low budget, but Ridley Scott in in the first Alien for the Alien Planet, you know, he he used smoke everywhere on that. You know. Yeah. Um, people got sick of, uh, from it <laughs> because you know there was just so much. I, I think it was the incense smoke. You know that you they that they burn in churches. Um, all the bombs and everything, they were powder bombs. They were um, built by a guy called Joe Viscoli. Um, now, you know him, even though you might not know his name. He, oh, at, no, the time, no, he, he, at the time, he, he, he was quite a, uh, a go-to person for explosions. Um, he blew up the uh, original Death Star. He, he was a bit of a genius. He, he, he could, you know, come up with, with different comic, uh, chemical, you know, compositions and combinations to, to, to create these fantastic explosions. Okay. Okay. And, uh, the, the, these bombs that you see in these sequences were powder bombs and they were laced with walnut dust. Okay. Okay. But because then you have an explosion, but you also have a burst of flame because the explosion happens, which then ignites the walnut dust. So not only do you have an explosion, you have a burst of flame with it as well. So are you saying that like an actual walnut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ground the walnut up into dust. You lace that in with your gunpowder. So when the explosion happens, the walnut dust then ignites as well. So not only do you get an explosion, you get a burst of flame as well. Okay. Huh. And and apparently to allow the camera enough time to capture the explosions at their full size, uh, he wrapped the walnut dust in condoms. So he wrapped his nuts in condoms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I could have predicted that one, couldn't I? I, sh- <laughs> I should have put on my show notes. Chris will now say, yes. <laughs> oh, lady. Um, as, as I said earlier, uh, Gene Warren, he built hundreds of skulls to be broken in the long shots of the tanks crushing them, each the size of a marble. That's um, still impressive because marbles are, are, are they're, they're small. They, I don't know. How can you carve the eyes, the eye sockets, and the nose? Like it's like it's so small, and there's so many. That that's so cool, though. I think. Well, no. All, all you do is you 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 carve one master one. You then uh, make a mold out of that, almost like if you imagine like um, ice cube trays. If you imagine an ice cube tray oh, or yeah. a, a, a latex or a silicone one of them, and then you just pour plaster in, wait for it to set, and they they just pop out. You know, and and they there you are. You've got them already. And if you mix uh, if you mix some grey paint into the plaster while it's wet, 
while it's still liquid. You don't even have to paint them. You've got gray skulls coming out already. I want to know an exact number of marble skulls were made because there was a I'll, lot. <laughs> I'll look into it, Chris, and I'll put it on the Facebook page. <laughs> okay, all right? please. Thank you. Okay. Um, the, the miniature effects were all set up on a, effectively a, a, a table, okay, um, and the cameras were down low to give the sense of scale. So, you know, if you imagine a large, like, pasting table, all the models were on that pasting table with the cameras real low down, almost at the actual lip of the top of the table looking up at the models to make them actually look a lot bigger than they are okay okay um and james cameron he wanted realism um of almost like a handheld camera um uh, effect now they didn't have money for steady cams or anything like that they did just didn't have the budget so they attached the camera to uh bungee cords and then they just shook them a lot you know? <laughs> oh wow okay that that's how they got that effect that yeah just just attach it to a bung bungee cord and, and shake it you know <laughs> wow you know it, it, isn't it amazing how stuff was was made back then like you know people do it now it costs millions but that's how they did it and it worked you know yeah yeah um the tanks there i mean you've, you you had a smaller tank where you see them in long shot um but for the close-ups of the tank like the the the, the tracks crushing the skull and um and the guns and the head with the lights they never had a large one. They were three separate sections. You never see a, a, one of the large tanks all in one go. You either see the bottom, the middle, or the top. They were all, all, all separate parts. Okay. Um, and as I said earlier, it, it was a miserable place to work. Um, you had the heat. You had the L.A. heat. Uh, the walnut dust was sticking in everybody's throats. And uh, the smoke that they were using uh, was uh, the type that, that uh, you put into beehives you know, to get the bees yeah, to come out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bee smoke. So, so yeah, it was, apparently it was a pretty unpleasant uh, place to uh, film all the miniature stuff. Um, and that's it. That's my behind the scenes. That's all I could find. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it's, it's so interesting hearing you like, like tell me on stuff on a movie that I, I loved my whole life and how it was done. Like when you're watching it, I'm not really thinking, of, you know, what's that, how they use that. But now it's mm. knowing it. I think I appreciate the movie more now, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is why I like, I like these smaller films. I like, I like the early films and stuff like that far more than modern flashy, big budget CGI films, because you, you didn't have much money. You had to think of a way of getting this across convincingly on screen with hardly any money. And you just found a way of doing it, you know? And, um, and it was hard graft. And I appreciate that far more not to take it away from anybody, but I appreciate that far more than somebody sitting at a, you know, at a keyboard designing some stuff on a computer to be put into a film now, you know? Yeah, yeah, because, like, back in the day when they made all the models and the ships and the effects, like, there was people, like, really, they had to go find stuff and build it and, and like, and like labor. Like, now you just sit mm. behind a, an Apple computer and just do it and, and that's it. It's, mm. I, I can't do it. Yeah, I know it's hard to do but i respect people back in the day that really did it like they actually like hurt themselves hammering stuff and whatnot you know what i mean yeah yeah well apparently they got sick doing yeah, it. yeah. And, and they get sick yeah you're right yeah. yeah you don't get sick at a keyboard you know doing special <laughs> effects these days no you right. don't not at all all right so with with all that said and done we move on to a rating please chris which always scares me now after what happened before but <laughs> <laughs> everything still works it still holds up i really 
I can tell what's you know what's really a model and and the, and the screen, the background, and whatnot. But I still enjoy it. See now, I wanted to give it something, but I can't because I gave something else something. Um, I want to give it just a. I'll give it a seven. A seven. A seven. Okay. All right. Um, what I was saying about there, you know, um, hardly any money to put something on screen that, as you said, if you didn't know, you wouldn't think that they had so few funds and had such a limited way of doing it, you know. Right. Um, but I, I, I think it's an astonishing um, accomplishment. Um, so I'm, I'm being more generous than you. I'm going to give it a nine. I am so hard on myself. You are. <laughs> I you really are. am. I, 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 I want to give good ratings, but I'm like, what if that's not good? So I, then I lower it. I'm an, okay. But, okay. but, Chris, <laughs> yes. if you've just given this a seven, right? Yes. You, you said earlier that Terminator 2 is your favorite. Yes. If you only give this seven, that, that frees you up to give higher ratings to effects in Terminator 2, does it not? That is why I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah, if you set the ceiling too high to begin with, you've got nowhere else to go. I guess that's, what, that's, that's my problem. I don't want to go too high because then I'm like, there's, there's something's going to be better than that almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> all, yes, all, all said and done, if you give it a seven and I give it a nine, that's an average of an eight, um, which I think is fair enough. That's yeah, still good. Yeah, still good. Yeah. All right. Okay. And with that, the good. show is over. Okay. okay. So um, I'll, I'll let you go, Chris. Thank you for today. Well, Eric, I, I do want to say this, though. On a, mm-hmm. on a future recording of ours, I want to say I'll be back. I should have written that down. Chris will say this. <laughs> All right. Okay, then. Fair enough. To be continued, okay? Okay. All right. Sorry, I thought you had gone already. <laughs> he's, he's gone back to the future. Um, all right. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, anyone out there. And, uh, yeah, he will be back at some point. And, uh, yeah, so to be continued. At Thanks, then. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Eric. Is that all, folks?